Hello. Do we have Travis? Yes, we do. How's it going? What is going on, Kamish? Uh, it's going all right. Tough, tough, tough week for the two of us, but everybody else is happy around us. But for me and you, it's not. It's not the same. Yeah, I mean, we're used to this territory. I feel like we're in the same spot last year. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough. I'm getting a little deja vu with the most points against once again, but we can talk about that later. We can talk about me crying about my team in a little bit. Uh, don't need to, don't need to get the waterworks going right away. That's a damn shame, Travis. I want to, I want to hear you cry. <laughs> you want to give us the agenda for today? Absolutely. So welcome in everybody to the week three. We're already there. Recap. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. Uh, but we're going to go over the, some of the classic stuff. So, like, uh, we're going to review the past week. Um, there wasn't too much fab or, or trades, so we won't really touch too much on that. And then we're going to go over some uh, favorite mat- matchups of this upcoming week. And then we're going to bring the leader of uh, the, the leaderboard right now, Jake Texera, is going to join us. And then we're going to go over the pretender contender uh, segment two new people and then we're going to close out with some power rankings yeah it's going to be nice and easy the big thing last week that we had to talk about the biggest segment we had was all about injuries we talked about last week and this week we had chris carson who looked like he tore his acl in that weird little role but he ends up being okay he's only going to miss a couple weeks so so, so crazy. Week one, there was nothing. Week two, everybody died. And week three, it was back to normal. Hey, don't sleep on my, my boy Godwin. He's going to be out a couple weeks. What's his issue? Is he concussion? Hamstring. He's I got hamstring. bad hamstrings oh. on my squad. Yeah, your team, they, they're, like I said last week, like with Adams, you got, you got some soft players over there on that team. <laughs> Cooper, him, they're all just a bunch of softies. Great. But the biggest news coming out today was all the COVID stuff. So yeah. we, we all knew it was going to happen. We knew that the time was going to come. But week three, we got our first COVID scares. It seemed like a couple players on Tennessee this past weekend got it. So that was the Tennessee versus Minnesota matchup. That ended up being a pretty good game. So this weekend, Tennessee is supposed to be playing against Pitt. And Minnesota is supposed to be facing off against Houston. So, yeah, I mean, I heard that they might push them to Monday, but uh, do you think they have the right protocols around this stuff yet? I, I would hope they have, would have it in place at this point. What's crazy to me is that the initial reports came out right away saying, oh, well, they're not allowed back in the locker rooms until – or into the team buildings until Saturday. So imagine if they had to play on Sunday or even Monday. Those other two teams both – Pittsburgh and Houston would have such a big advantage going into this weekend with having a full week of practice and everything like that. So watch for those teams to come out hot in Tennessee and Minnesota to probably be hurting a little bit. Yeah, and, and what if you even just cancel the matchup in general? Then it's acted as like a bye week for the teams, and that's an unfair advantage as well. Yeah, they were talking about that two of the bye weeks do work out well. I'm pretty sure it was Tennessee and Pitt had the same bye week, but Minnesota and Houston did not. So I was reading all about those uh, big schedule Twitter people this morning that were trying to, like, finagle the whole entire thing for everything to work out, and some of the algorithms they were using were crazy. But I don't know. I, I think they'll end up 
probably postponing it because it's a, not going to be a great look if they play it straight up. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, so we'll see as the week goes. We'll check out how that goes. So let's go into the week that was. Sure thing, Travis. Do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, I'll kick us off with my matchup. I went against Colin this week, and uh, usually the go-to is that 125 mark. This week we had four people over that. The only person that lost was Bulls. I was right there. I was at 124-2. Colin beat me. Put up that 139. Mahomes is elite. <laughs> going into the going into that Monday night game, I had a chance. It was a 50-50 matchup. We were tight all week. And when Mahomes puts up 48, yep, I think it 48 was. It points. sounds ridiculous to say that out loud. But when Mahomes puts up 48, I can just sit there, give a clap, and know that that's, that's Colin's team. Colin seems all Mahomes all the time. So yeah, he's cl- the champ. The champ him. is clapping back. He wants back in contention. Yep, and there he is. Now we're both going to be sitting at one and two, both looking for a big win next week. All right, uh, I will go over the next matchup on my list. So it was myself versus Pap. Um, so I kind of had this projected as a, a big time win for myself, but obviously it didn't really play out that way. Um, Deontay Johnson got concussed, um, and a lot of my players just kind of put up a, a bunch of duds. Lamar, I'm, I'm a little worried about Lamar personally, uh, but he got a big week out of Josh Allen, 39 points. Uh, Michael Gallup came on strong in the fourth quarter, um, but that yeah, that's pretty much it from his team. And then a bunch of like single digits, <laughs> but I didn't yeah, I didn't do much on my side. <laughs> You only put up 117, so that's usually that mid-level that you're probably going to get the bat, like the upset loss. But with you only putting up 91, it was uh, smooth sailing for him. Lamar Jackson can't play against the Chiefs. He just has a problem. Never won. I think he's like 0-8, 9 It's something, some crazy number at this point that he just he doesn't have it. Can't put it together against him. The next matchup I had was Strazik against the Bullier which was really tight. It was the 141 to 127, but Strazik just showing his dominance with, once again, the Monday night. The Monday night hurt me. It hurt LeBoulier, who both we both put up in the 120s. We were both happy with that, but when Alvin Kamara can break a 50-yard run that should have been for negative two and puts up 38 points, there's not much you can yeah, do that was, about Yeah, that was a fun game so, to watch. So, once again, Strazik's – and Strazik almost – Bit himself in the foot starting Tannehill, but still ends up working out. Laboulier's team is running strong. If he didn't have John Brown get injured during the game, put up a zero, could have been a little different too, but uh, he'll bounce back. So we got Shares at 3-0, and Laboulier at 2-1. and So both of those teams are still in good standing, and Shares trying to be one of the last ones standing on the undefeated. Yeah, he's going strong. Even with the the Kamara injury, or sorry, the uh, CMC injury. Exactly. All right, I will go on next. So we got Larry versus Jabers. So this is the battle of the O and twos, um, and Larry pulled out one nineteen to ninety nine, beat him by twenty points. So Jabers' team's not quite producing as you would expect. Mixon, you're not getting a lot from him, but he did kind of potentially find that diamond in the rough with with James Robinson. So maybe he'll get some more production out of him moving forward. But on the Larry side of things, King Henry came to show. 
he got some production from Zeke and then Joe Burrow. A, a surprise start there, but he got a nice 24 spot from Joe Burrow. Congratulations. And Larry, welcome welcome to the winner's side for once. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. His quarterbacks are going to be fun to pick from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> because Goff put up 31. Brady, who he was thinking about dropping, puts up 29. And Burrow puts up 24. So it's like week in and week out, he's going to be praying for a ma- good matchup, and you never know. But, yeah, Jaber's – Jabers, for some reason, Deshaun Jackson, him and Deshaun Jackson have been starting for years, and it's just, it's going to cut the, got to cut the tie soon. And last but not least, we have Pickering against Tex. So, Tex puts up the highest score this week, and the Wilson Lockett combination oh, was just something ridiculous. Oh, boy. He puts up 78 points with just the two of them. So once you put up that start of a lead, there's not much anybody else can do it against that. And that's even with his running backs not putting up the best weeks. If you look at the running backs between the his two starters and Pick's two starters, it was a total of like 30 points. Like there wasn't not much running around going on there. Metcalf, if Metcalf gets that touchdown, it might look a little better for Chris. But on the other side, it would have even boosted Wilson over the 50 mark, which would have been crazy. So, yeah, it was a good matchup. Chris has his big injuries right now, so those running back spots that should be Barkley and Moster are now Montgomery, who hasn't quite put it together this year. He's one of, like, they're one of the only teams without a rushing touchdown so far, but the Bears will figure it out. Maybe with Nick Foles scooting around now, now that Trubisky's finally bent, yeah. which everybody's looking for. The carousel that is the Chicago Bears quarterback. Yeah, they paid full, so it was weird that they never gave him a shot, and now they're just going for it. Um, Yeah, so that's what I got for the week that was. And then for Fab, there was, what, $4-0? Wait a Uh-oh. minute, folks. Uh-oh. Breaking news. Breaking news. Did you see what it I haven't. I haven't seen what it was it's yet. Me. <laughs> it's me. Oh, it's you? It's me. I waited to this very moment to to accept the trade. Oh, my goodness. All right, and I was just going to get into Fab and Trade Hub. There's nothing going on. So breaking news, we have Joe Mixon in a 2021 third going to Andrew Harris for two first-round picks. The first one is Jake Texaris, who is right now 3-0, Desk Jockey, who is 1-2, and, and Marquise Brown. So I'm going to just let you take this one because this is crazy. Yeah, I, I, had, to, I had to add a little razzle-dazzle to this one, so – Jabers and I were kind of talking for the last couple of days. Obviously, everyone knows I need a running back. Um, he needs picks and upside players. So we kind of managed to work out a deal. Um, I'm sad to see those first go in, in Hollywood, but hopefully I'll get Joe Mixon reinvigorated and getting it, get him performing well for me. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this is crazy. So, I, as you know, I was going for Mixon hard in the offseason. And it's crazy to see him finally leave. So one of my questions later on was going to be about Jaber's team and what he should be doing next. But that's exactly what I was going to say that he should be doing next is trying to move his mixins and his holidays and getting those picks and getting back into it. But that is crazy. Wow. <laughs> right? So I was about to talk about Justin Jackson and uh, Travis Homer, but we can kind of skip that. <laughs> Sorry to catch you off guard there, Trav. 
Wow. That, that was perfect timing. Did you just click I clicked accept as, as we were segueing. Yes. Wow. Wow. So that's officially through. So who are you going to be starting to run back this Oh, week? Joe Mixon. Devin Singletary. Well, yeah. Mixon Singletary. Wow. An upgrade at the position. That's what it's all about. Especially – well, that hurts my uh, – my next week battle is going to be you against Strazik, both having one good running back. But, wow. All right. I'm here to play. Yeah, you're going for it this year officially. (laughs) Being one and two, trying to get back out of it. So uh, I'll go over the fab really quick, I guess. Sure. Because I had some notes, but uh, Justin Jackson picked up for Lynn Bowden. I'm not quite sure why, because I'm pretty sure Justin Jackson was inactive last week. That was a weird one by pick. Um, Same thing for Tex. Tex picked up Travis Homer and dropped J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I know Carson's out for a couple weeks, but everywhere I'm reading, he hides the guy, so I'm not quite sure what the homer pickup was about. Um, Next was Duvernay for Cohen. Duvernay's a special teams guy. He did return for a touchdown, so Pep's just trying to get another diamond in the rough, and then Pep picked up a kicker. Kowalski had a big week. Not a surprise there. Week one, he stunk, but last week he went six for six. So, yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for Bulls to pick up Sanu now that he's back in the league. So I'm waiting to see that one. I was kind of disappointed not to see it yet, but I guess we'll get there. So Bulls talking to you. I want to see him back on your squad. You got it. All right, let's go quickly over our favorite matchups of the week. Um, I can start us off here. So I am currently looking at Tex versus Bulls. So they were the one and two seeds of last year's playoffs. Um, they didn't quite show up, but they're back with vengeance this year. Texas three, no, as you all know, and, and Bulls is two and one by a narrow margin. He could have won last week. So we're going to see who can scrap this out. Um, I personally like Tex in this matchup with his Russell Wilson or he, as he calls him, Russ God. (laughs) All right. So my matchup of the week is a battle of the one and twos. We got Prince fit. Fresh Prince of Hilaire and Vanderling Gang. So the one in three spot is going to put you in a tough predicament. And so one's going to be whoever wins this is going to be a buy team going forward. Whoever loses this should probably be selling their older guys. So this is going to be definitely a big matchup for both of those teams. Um, and then I also like the U versus Strazik because if you fall down to one in three with the current roster, that's going to put you in a tough hole. But we can see because I'm right in that same spot with you. Yep. Absolutely. There's a lot of guys who can fall to one and three this week. That'll definitely hurt them. Great. All right. Uh, I think we should dial in Tex. What do you say? Yeah, let's dial in. What what award did he win this offseason? The most improved manager? I believe so. So we got the most improved manager, the 3 and 0 manager. We have the biggest. Draft trade that I think we've ever had. Draft day trade that some people are still upset about. It. Colin was talking about it even the other night. The trade that gets talked about every couple minutes, it seems like. So let's bring them in. Text me there. Hello. Can you guys give me an intro? A little drum roll, please, or something? Hey. hey how's everyone doing tonight? How's it going? Hey, Tex. How are you guys? This is kind of cool. You know, I've never been, All right. never been on a podcast before, but, you know, I'm excited. Amen. So, Tex, I need just an initial reaction right off the top. You just saw the trade. 
like we did. What's the first thing coming out of your head? Well, I mean, Harris has to do something with those running backs. Like, it's an obvious need at the position. It was kind of like everyone looks at Harris's team, and it's just like the gaping hole that you just kind of like chuckle at when he's starting. I don't even whoever you're you're throwing out there in the RB two spot. But like your wide receivers are like that's what that's what makes your team scary. So pulling in a young running back like that is going to be huge. But you gotta you have to see the Bengals offense improve because it's just not looking good for Mixon. What is he ranked the 39th running back right now? <laughs> yeah. Like it's just not good. And he's a player that every single analyst, every single draft guy, every single coach is like Mixon's one of the most talented running backs. Mixon can do it all, but he is just not in a good position. But but, he, but he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry or something like that right now. Yeah. And well, he's just—he's not involved in the passing game. The O line stinks. It looks like they're just going to let Joe Burrow throw the ball sixty times a game. So if they can, if if Mixon can can pull it around like last year, like last year he started off real slow, right? I think he was in the same position, and then the last like ten weeks of the season he really turned it up and ended up being like a top twenty running back. So like he has that upside. So that's all. That's all you need, Harris. Just going for it. I'm going for the fences there. Wait, say that. Say that again, Harris. What do you think about it from Aberside being um, once in his position with having some older players and trying to rebuild? you think it's the right way to do it? I mean, it? absolutely. I mean, we all remember the um, – I, I don't even want to say it out loud because it might trigger some people, but, but the, the Julio trade, you know, that, <laughs> that, after that trade, that, I thought the league was going to be disbanded, you know, just the initial reaction. But that's what you have to do when you're in that position, and it takes a lot of – um, just acceptance, looking at your team and being like, you know what? I'm not going to compete this year. I may not compete for the next four years with the way it's going. So you kind of have to pull the trigger on something like that when it comes your way. And like looking back at the Julio trade, it ended up being Jonathan Taylor and a couple other guys in there and some picks that ended up moving for Josh Jacobs. So I'm happy. And at the time it there was a lot of negative feedback and I'm sure people are going to be upset and look at this and be like, Oh, it's, whatever you want to say about it, but that's what you have to do in order to be competitive in Dynasty. As you said that, Labulier just messaged in saying that's gross. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, and that's, that's, yeah, that's what it means. You know, everyone has the initial guttural reaction to those things, you know, because it's, it's live and we're talking about, we're, it's, you know, it's a competition, you know, you want to win, you want to be competitive. So the little ego gets in the way a little bit sometimes. Oh, yeah, the ego definitely gets in the way. And the worst feeling for every owner is, I could have sent more than yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's every person's knee-jerk reaction is, because my knee-jerk reaction right now is that I offered Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. Ooh. That's my knee-jerk reaction. But, but everybody yeah. gets it. That was also three, like what, trap day, right? That was a while ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. Little so bit. if you know if Galladay doesn't get hurt week one, if Mixon has a great start to the year, you know Jabers is you know points could bounce the other way, and Jabers could be sitting at one and two, two and one right now, and it could be a very different part of the season, you know. So as we yep. know about so, fantasy football, scoring is random and highly volatile. So all you do every week is you just kind of put your best <laughs> chance of success out there and kind of roll the dice. So a lot of things can swing one way or the other, you know. Of course. Absolutely, Tex. So we have a couple questions geared up for you here. 
Um, so we kind of want to put the spotlight on you, obviously. Um, so what made you kind of do this turnaround? Like, what did, what's your big insight to this turnaround you had? You were kind of looking on the outskirts in. You made a couple moves, and now now you're just the top dog. So first off, it's only three weeks in. Like, top dog, like, that could easily <laughs> go. You know what I mean? All it takes is two games, and then I'm sitting at three and two, and you know what I mean? Middle of the pack, just like everyone else. So. Let's, you know, don't, you don't have to put me up on that high of a pedestal. I might fall off, you know, I'm, I'm not that tall. Uh, I'm pushing the bad karma your way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time I was living in Boston, I was working in Boston, I was working a lot and I wasn't really connected with like a lot of you guys back home. And like, I wasn't involved in like group chats and stuff like that. I didn't play like Xbox with you guys. So I, I kind of felt like I was looking outside in and I wanted to be a part of that you know like I missed the guys like miss hanging out with you guys miss doing things and that's basically what it came down to I was like you know what I need to pay more attention to this instead of just pumping 50 bucks into Venmo each year and yeah we'll see what happens and you know so just taking it more seriously and getting involved with it you know I've always loved sports so this kind of just took it to the next level and being like yeah like I'm committed now to fantasy football you're gonna make me cry, Tex. Oh, Harris, please don't. <laughs> that that was lovely. That was absolutely lovely. And Tex, we love having you around. And I was hoping it would take a little longer for you to turn around, and you weren't gonna be the one seed last year. But hey, it's crazy. I know. Seed. You know, it's I, I traded away Julio and Jarvis Landry. You know, and that was like my two big moves in that off season. And at the time, looking at my team, it was like I had a lot of receivers who were under twenty three years old. And no running back. So it was like kind of shocking, you know, the way fantasy football worked out going in as the one seed with or one or two seed with Bullier. And like I said, that's just how fantasy football works. You never know. Injuries happen. Crazy shit happens every week. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting to be here and I'm here to stay. One of the ways that I like to look at your turnaround is seeing your draft the first year to your draft like this year. 2017 drafting Marshawn Lynch, Darren McFadden, and Rex yeah, Burkhead. Baby. Hey, Rex Burkhead put up 36 points this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just got picked he back did, up. Yeah. Nope, but to yeah. JT, you're trading up for Mims and trying to get up in front of me and like LaVisca. Like the difference between those two drafts are two different yeah. worlds. For me, it was it was Crazy. the biggest thing. Like I, I went into that initial draft like our first rookie draft i had no idea what was going on i was just like there to have fun and like hey guys what's up I haven't seen you in a while like i'm just excited to be here i'm just here so i don't get fined you know and i i was like <laughs> hell yeah absolutely i'm gonna pick my boy skittles you know like of course <laughs> Sean Lynch, you know and i took marshawn lynch over guys like you name it like Camara, Mixon, all those guys. Because I didn't know. So I was like, yeah, I'm going with what I know. And every year since then, I got my process improved. You know, the first year it was embarrassing afterward because I was like, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the next year it was like, okay, I kind of have an idea. And this last year was the first year of the rookie draft that I actually knew, okay, this is my strategy going in. This is what I'm targeting for. Not necessarily players, but opportunity. And that's kind of the way it fell. And me and Boulier was able to uh, work out a, a nice trade and um, upset, ruffle some feathers. You know, that's what I like to do every offseason, at least one big trade to get the people going. <laughs> yeah, you, you've you definitely been the leader on that. <laughs> and I, 
you actually ended up making two draft day trades because you ended up moving up for Mims I as did, well. Yeah, you you kind of put the pressure on me because you were kind of canoodling with Larry in the corner. I didn't know if a trade had been made, so I just had to one up you. I may have given. I don't I, know. I, I did. I did offer, but I didn't have the ammo. So that was a beautiful thing. Hopefully. For you, he gets healthy again because that's a guy I like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could talk about Mims all day, but that'll be another podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the metric, the metric lord. So uh, what is the current view on your own teams? Give us a little idea of where you're headed and what you want to do with it. You got to love your own team, right? Like, that, if you don't love your team, like, what are you doing? So, like, this that was my kind of – just looking at my team last year compared to this year, like I love the dudes on my team, like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, both arguably top five dynasty running backs. So I knew I wanted those and I needed those to compete. So I went out and got them, you know? So just backloading with those running backs and then filling in with young upside wide receivers like Chark, Sutton, Boyd, um, like drafting Mims, going with Alan Lazard, like guys that, kind of flying under the radar not getting drafted in the first three rounds of like redraft leagues but guys that they have just unlimited upside because we just haven't seen it you know and unfortunately Sutton goes down with an injury so it's like next guy up and Boyd has been unbelievable so so far with um with Joe Burrow and that's why I went out and got Boyd last year like I made a deal with Pap I sent Landry in a first and I got Boyd in two seconds so like it was just little things like that always looking to improve getting a little bit younger shooting for more upside I knew Burrow was coming in who's going to be the next best thing are quarterback. So I had to get his, you know, top target. So it's little things like that that kind of just put you ahead. And then, you know, I love tight ends, Travis. So you just. <laughs> and I love listening if, to the tight If ends. I could roster eight tight ends, I would. Every week. <laughs> just love them all. But that being said, you know, um, that's what you got to do. Just shoot for upside and. Yeah. Yeah, looking at your bench, there is no age on there. Besides, I, your oldest player, just off the top of my head, Logan Thomas, is an older player, but he's like newer to the stardom. Yeah. But other than him, I guess Fournette, yeah. maybe? Yeah, Fournette's like 24, yeah. 25. So that was the big deal. Yeah. That was the big move last your year. Your starting lineup is very, or your bench is very young. You got Lockett, who's a little older, but. You got youth everywhere. Yeah, and you just – the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Stack, Will Forever, they're just like my two favorite players in the NFL. Watching them play is just – it's just awesome. It's special, it's man. Just, that connection is special. It just brings a little tear to my eye every week. It happens. It's just – at any week, they could score 80 points. And, you know, that's been like when you go into a matchup each week and you can look at that and say, you know what? Uh, I'm at 30 points out of both of them. I'd be happy, but then they hit something like 78 like this past week, and it's like, yeah, you just can't count on that. That's the thing about fantasy. You could never say, oh yeah, they're gonna score 80 points this week, and I'm gonna beat Chris by 40 cent, whatever, 40 something points. You know, I was expecting like a close game, just because of like the matchups and the sit start decisions I made, and like how things kind of turned out. Like Darren Waller had like one target again. Like you know, the Patriots just shut him down. So. Yeah. Just, you just can't you can't really predict it, and things just kind of bounce your way some weeks. Absolutely. So another question for you, Tex. So who do you look at as kind of your biggest competitor? Um, so you're obviously on top of that mountain. Who do you see kind of ascending there that can potentially dethrone you? Just going. You you got to look at the record first, and Strazik's right there. You know, Strazik's three and zero, and you can't. Strazik's kind of sharing the pedestal with me. It's a big pedestal for us to sit. But 
we're we're both up there, you know, and it's you can't sleep on Strazik's team because you look at his roster and every single one of his guys can score twenty five points in a week, and that's just scary to look at, you know. But then you have a team like Bulls, and Bulls' team isn't scary on paper, but when John Brown and Jamison Crowder average twenty points a game and Dalvin Cook can score thirty eight, you know, it's and he has Dak Prescott, you know, so that he has. He has the upside too. So there's a difference between like the scary teams and then the teams that you're like, oh, I can beat them. But then they just show up on game day and it's just, you just can't recover. So, yeah, I mean, competition is, you know, it's, it's only week three, guys. You know, like we're not, we have a long way to go. Long way. Like, Harris, you're like, you're what, second to dead last, second to last in points scored, but your wide receivers are awesome. You know, Travis, you're one and two, but your starting lineup's legit too. So it's – and look at Larry's team. Larry's got three top ten running backs. You know, every team is competitive, you know. It's on a week-to-week basis. Um, so it's it, – it's a lot of luck. Fantasy's a lot of luck. And I'm a, every week is a new matchup, you know. And we're, um, we're on to Bullier this week. <laughs> <laughs> that Bill Belichick mindset, I like it. Yeah, if you can come out – Four and all, that would be that'd be huge with the competition that you had to face. Definitely some uh, big dogs in there. Yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a good matchup. I'm excited. I'm looking at it right now, and it's you know when you look at the top guys, it's like Russell Wilson versus Dak, Jonathan Taylor versus Dalvin Cook, Eckler versus Connor, Lockett versus Ridley, Boyd versus John Brown. Like right there, every every matchup is like. <laughs> They're head-to-head. Like, that's going to be fun. The best part about everything you just said is those are all young yep. guys. Both of your teams are both in that trajectory. Like, that Calvin – I've been talking – I talked about Calvin Ridley the first two episodes. Calvin Ridley is one of those guys that you can hate on somebody for so long and then you have to just tell yourself you were wrong. Ridley was one of those guys I was wrong on. I never thought he was going to be able to become the type of guy he is, and it's just crazy to see. Yeah, it's – he's fun to watch, you know. And I remember when Boulier made that pick, like, ah, a couple of years ago, it was kind of like – Everyone was like, Calvin Ridley, like, wow. Like, I've just remembered that there were running backs on the board then. And Bullier was like, no, I want Calvin Ridley. And, and Ridley's like, what, the number one wideout right now? Like, he, he's putting Julio to shame. And it's like – Yeah, move aside, Julio, would you? Yeah. He's the, yeah. he's the top dog there. And he's just getting, like, I don't even know how many red zone targets a week he has. But it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. He's uh, Bullier has the pieces to um to continue it this year. It's going to be fun. You know, me and Bulls always send each other the – um. Hey, look at us. You know, the um what's what's that actor's name? Hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Huh? You know, what's that guy? Come on, help me out. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> Paul Rudd. There it is. Paul yeah, Rudd. yeah, there you go. Paul Rudd. Because you know, because last year's like me and Bullier's team were like not as competitive as everyone else's, but we were the one and two seed. And it was like, hey, that's fancy football, yep. baby. Look at us. One and two were you two, and then five and six were in the championship. Last year was a fun yeah. fun year. That's all it takes. All you need is Kenyon Drake to get hot at the right time and A.J. Brown to take over in Tennessee. And yeah. you're looking at – think about it. At the end of the year, like week 10, Colin randomly acquired a, a top five running back and a top five wideout. You know, like that's – that's Yeah, that was not supposed yeah. to be. And at the beginning of the season, it was like Kenyon Drake was – well, like second, he was getting like five touches a game with Miami, and they were like trying, they were like praying to get rid of him, you know. So it's like last year there was a trade, Kalen Balage for Christian Kirk, and a second round pick. <laughs> right, Harris? 
It was all about the team name at the time. It was all about the team, like, team name. And no, and, oh, that might have been two years ago because that's when Luck was. Yeah, yeah that was a wild. tough year. But, well, I mean, we're getting Christian cold. Kirk's just sitting on the bench right now. You know, he's he's been hurting. And he's one of those guys that I was like, I want. You know, I went out and I got all these young wideouts, you know, like Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, DJ Chart, Sutton, Lazard. I drafted Harry, Chenault, Boyd. So, these guys that I, I wanted, they're all under 25 years old with upside. And, you know, some of them hit, some of them don't. So, I'm excited yeah. to see what Kirk can do when Andy Isabella is in um, playing in his role, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Harry's one of those that I want to see make that next step as a Patriots fan, but it's oh, just he, like he is getting targets in Cam Newton's offense, which is great, but he just he's not efficient yet. He he goes down with first contact like every single week and I'm like, dude, you got it. You're a big boy. Like, let's step it up. Like he he coming into the NFL draft, he was like one of the top rated wide receiver prospect he like broke out in college at like the age of like 18 and put up like a thousand yard season as like an 18 year old playing against like full-grown men in college and he has like unlimited upside but he's got to he's got to show it on game days so yeah it just hasn't quite put it together and also when missing a whole rookie season is not good you know he what he missed like 10 games eight games yeah and he he never quite got brady's yeah and that's the thing too everybody was saying was big yeah like his confidence was just shot like brady didn't want to throw to him he completely left just to go throw to godwin and mike evans you know he was like i'm at it (laughs) (laughs) yeah there, there was definitely some uh Something behind the scenes on that one. But we'll never know. What, only when the book comes out, you know, or the or the uh, documentary. <laughs> the, the 30 for 30 in uh, 10 oh, That's going to be fantastic. So, all right. We got one more qu- question for you, Tex, before we let you go. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so what would you kind of like to see changed in this league? Um, that's kind of a softball question. I think I know what you're going to answer with, but the floor is yours. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. Just to keep, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep Strazik on his yeah. toes. Strazik, I love you. Um, <laughs> it's gonna, I can't wait to face off against Strazik, but I don't think I play him in like weeks. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's it's fun because like everyone's all over the place, right? Like some people are around Dayton, some people are up in Boston, some people are farther away. So it's, I feel like there's really not much I would change right now. I mean, it's it's fun to keep in touch with everybody and communicate. I mean. Just the, I think the steps we took from this past off season, like at the summit, initiating some rule changes, like making it a little bit more finer, like becoming more of a competitive league. I think that was, that was fun to see. Like sitting around the table with everybody, like obviously like certain people couldn't be there, like Chris couldn't be there, and Bulls was kind of voicing in via telephone. So you know, it we we have to make it work in the in this day and age, and it was it was definitely fun, like. The summit was awesome. I I love to see that happen every year and get input on everyone's opinion and just take it to the next level. And it was fun, you know. Make it a little, you know, take it as like a take it from like the oh like the amateur hour to like the big leagues, you know. And that's what I feel like it is now. Everyone takes it like really seriously. Like I I had a good conversation with Josh and he was like, "Yeah, man, like I'm doing it. I'm rebuilding, and it's we're going for it." So yeah, dude, like. You have three picks right now in the 2021 NFL draft, and there's a there's going to be some good players coming out. So he can easily turn his team around in two years, less than that. All he needs is those three first-round picks to hit next year, and he has a young core. He can keep Galladay, keep James Robinson, keep Hunter Henry, 
And then there you go. He's already, he's in the mid range looking at the playoffs. So that's all it takes. Yeah, I think you hit his spot on, Tex. So uh, I think that's really all we had for you. Um, thanks for hopping on, Tex. Yeah, as your you're our first guest. Oh, it was, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I know you've been talking, wanting to join. You've been giving some insights and money, what you wanted to add to the podcast, and you've been one of the biggest supporters. So, I'm just I'm a big podcast guy, you know. I <laughs> I, I commute into Boston, you know, like a couple of days a week. So I wake up at like 5 a.m., throw on a little a little potty on the morning, a little podcast on my drive in, you know, for the train, and it's it's fun. It's been fun listening to you guys chat. And I'm excited to be on live, you know? Kind of cool. Kind of cool experience. Great. This was cool. You guys definitely, uh, kudos to you guys for doing this. This was awesome. Thanks, Tex. Well, I appreciate thank it, you man. Very much. Good luck this week. You too. You need to score some points, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harris. Let's get into some pretender or contender. You, you got so it. I pulled two names this week. Do you want name one or name two? Oh, boy. Give me name two, would you? Name two is Michael Streisand. Ooh, okay. Uh, being his current standing is 3-0, I'm going to I'm gonna consider this guy a contender. <clears throat> so, running down his team, obviously you have CMC and, and Kamara. Um, he's got the, the bulk of his team. The running backs and wide receivers are, are studs. So you got those two guys. You got Tyreek, uh, Keenan Allen, Diggs, Juju. So his core is really solid. And then don't forget about little George Kittle chugging along there. Um, and then you kind of look look at his bench. It still kind of needs some improvement. You got your Jarek McKinnons, you, a few quarterbacks, the, the Haskins, Bortles, Tannehill. But he's trying to hit on some of those younger players, um, the younger running backs, Ito Smith, McFarland uh, in Pittsburgh. And then that, that first-round pick, Miko Hardman, we'll, we'll see if he see if he pans out. He had a pretty good week last week. Uh, we'll see what he, we get out of him. And then just kind of a, a spray of, of wide receivers there, and Kenny Stills, uh, Bird, Humphreys, Bowler, Reynolds. And then don't forget, he's got two – Two uh, kickers on his team. Just in case Butker's on by, you got Rodrigo Blankenship because it's such a valuable position. The Georgia boy. He has to, he has to support his guy. <laughs> the undrafted. So, yeah, that's my kind of summary of his team. I, I like it a lot. Um, I think he'll definitely be in the playoffs, and he's, he's a for sure contender. Love it. I love it. And – with Shrezik, it seems like this is a uh, go all in year because he only has one pick next year, but then he opens back out. So it seems like he's his thought process is go for it this year, and then we'll uh, work from there to see if we want to rebuild or how we want to move around our team. So it's good to see. But, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. And then name number one that I picked, actually, was Alex Larimore, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. So – Looking at his team, it's so tough whether to say that he's a pretender or a contender, but I'm actually going to gonna ruffle some feathers here, and I'm going to call him a pretender. <laughs> I know he's got those three running backs, but Zeke's not getting the touchdowns he's supposed to. 
Henry's looking all right, but it's going to be a long season for him. He seems like he's one of those every other year, and he's he's definitely good. So he's got those two running backs. Hilaire's still young. He's getting the touches he's supposed to, but Mahomes, he wants to he wants to throw the ball. He doesn't want to run it. Um, and my biggest concern is those wideouts. Edelman is 34 at this point, not getting any younger, to say the least. And I don't know about you, but anytime I watch Newton throw the ball, it seems like he's throwing into – coverage and he's letting his guys get laid out yeah uh that's my problem with him parker he's 27 he's banged up he was one of those late bloomers his first three years in the league everybody was waiting for him to do something he finally did last year um so parker's just all right and in that offense it seems like he's just another guy so those wide receivers i think are just they're pretty bland jefferson did go crazy this week so Maybe that's a future for him, but I don't know how secure you can be in a Kirk Cousins offense. So with those wide receivers being as they are and the bench being very weak, he doesn't have a running back coming off the bench that can do much. James White doesn't seem like he's going to be – he seems like he's going to be in a four-headed monster or maybe even a five-headed when Damian Harris comes back. How many running backs are there going to be running Too many back? running backs. So with James White and Darrell Williams, the only two running backs off – the bench if he does get into any injury concerns that all these other teams have been getting into he could be in trouble because right now he's sitting pretty clean injury wise Higby's looking all right but he's not catching much of it's not in the end zone he put up a three for 40 a five for 54 and a two for 40 so those are all right a couple touchdowns saved him in that week two to make him look like a lot better than he is so I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with a pretender right here I'm going to say that Larry needs to make that move for wide out if he really wants to move into that top, the top five, like the definite five. So I think my power rankings today, I'm going to have him sitting yeah. on the outside once again. I keep having him sitting right on the outside of the playoffs. Cause the I man feels disrespected him. year after year. Yeah, he always makes the playoffs, but I, I don't know. I just don't trust him. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. You, you summed it up real well there. Yeah, I think an Adam Thielen pickup from Jabers could definitely help him out. I think that's a name he should be looking at. I know you have some wide receivers, so coming to you. <coughs> Mark Cooper. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe there's something already in the works there that I didn't know about, but hey, love to hear it. Let's keep He's this. up. He's up for grabs, Larry, if you're listening. And we got the first trade, the first dominoes down, so I'm ready to see the next, the rest of them fall. The floodgates are open. I love it. I absolutely love it. Let's get into this power rankings and wrap this episode up. So, sadly to say, on my end, Pap has officially gotten out of the 10 seed for me. I have uh, officially moved Abers into the 10 seed. There you go. That, that's exactly where I have him. <laughs> yeah, and with this trade, he's definitely going to just sit at that 10 for me. Um, in my note next to his name, because I have a little note, was trade time for him. So it's, it kind of works out perfectly that I've been down before. Um, my note on him is Galladay and Thielen should be next. And Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan and Thielen are on my trade block right now. I guess he just added those two. So it's good to see Jabers moving in that direction. Do you think he sells everybody or do you think he keeps like Galladay as his kind of cornerstone piece? Um, He could keep Galladay. Galladay is 27 with already some injuries. So I could see if he can get another first and like another first plus, I would go for it and move them too. But um, 
Yeah, definitely. He should be definitely moving Thielen, definitely moving Ryan, and seeing if he can get anything for it. Quarterbacks are tough right now, but everybody's looking for wide receivers. So Thielen should be off the block by tomorrow would be my guess. Sounds like you have some insider info. Eh, that's just that's just personal thought. Looking at teams, whoever gets the deepest this year is going to win it all. So somebody like Thielen, even though he's a little older, will will help with that depth. Got it. Um, number nine. So we both have the same ten and nine. Jaber's Pap. Yeah, I have Pap at nine. He did get his first win, but his team is what it is. Some young guys with some upside, but they haven't quite. Uh, translated yet. Yeah, and if Chris Carson's down for three or four weeks, I really don't know what running back he's pulling off the bench because J.K. Dobbins is his two right now, and J.K. Dobbins is barely the two on his own team. If you look at his bench, it's kind of funny. He has more wide receivers than you could ever imagine. He has, like, two running backs coming off the bench, and, like, no, he has one running back currently coming off the bench. It's kind of not the best look, but he's going – He's Trying to build something there. All right, who you got at the kind of eight, eight, seven hole? Eight, I have Colin. Me as well. Yeah, I kept him at eight, even though he did get the victory over me. His team is in a weird spot. Ingram didn't look great, but Mahomes is definitely his guy. But he's still, um, he's eighth in points four, so it was kind of an easy spot. Just leave him there. Yep. And then I'm assuming you have Larry at seven as well. I do have Larry at seven. So, yeah, th- those running backs, we'll see if they can keep producing. Um, and then, obviously, that wide receiver question mark. Um, but he kind of can squeak into that playoffs, at least I think, like he always does. So. Yeah, he should be sitting right on that, right on the cusp would be my guess again, which is just – it's kind of where he likes to be, though. He loves having that little bit of adversity. He likes being that the chip on the shoulders type of guy. And then at six, I actually have yourself. My Me first too. big drop. I had you drop two spots. Me it's too. crazy when you look at the points for a team with your uh, with your firepower at wide receivers has the second least points for, and then at the same time has the second least points against. So usually that's a good recipe when you have the second least points against, but when you have the second least points for too, it's you're in a weird spot right now. They're, my team's not playing inspired football. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, I kept you at six just because you have the power. You can, yeah. you, can, you can lift it up when you need to. And then at five, I have Pick rising a spot to number five. Yeah, um, I have my five as well. Even with his injuries, he's still putting together some points. Um, he's right now, he's actually kind of in a weird spot. He has the seventh most points for, but he's two and one. So he's just kind of sitting at that same points for same points against just kind of hanging out, uh, relaxing. But he has, he was one of those guys coming into the year that had the depth that was able to keep him up right now. Yeah, he's definitely hanging in there. We'll see. We'll see how he can uh, do throughout the year. At four, who do you have? I have Bulls rising a spot at four. It's yeah. tough to downgrade a guy that's almost three and zero. Just crazy. I hate that you and I have the same things. People are gonna think that we uh, we talked about this, but I have Bulls at four rising to. Um, he's shocking everybody again this year. Like last year, we said the same. I was saying the same thing every weekly write up. Like, how is he doing this? But he has the third most points for. Doesn't have much of a bench. Like it's just. 
I love to see it from him, though. He's the man just, knows how to win. He's just he's doing everything right right now. And at number three, I have myself living in deja vu land with the most points against and the fourth most points for. It's just just exactly where I was last year. My team just doesn't doesn't have the balls to win. Can't yeah, you're lacking that defense, man. We should maybe put that defense back in here. <laughs> defense kicker. My biggest problem right now is just I have sucks to say a lot too many guys to choose from with those just like bench running backs because the Sanders, the Jones, the Chubbs going to be in every week. But is it David Johnson? Is it Gurley? Is it Hunt coming at that other flex? Is it DJ Moore? It's all. Yeah, it's all it's all, it all comes down to that game time, game day tinkering. How much yeah. tinkering do you do with that lineup? Yeah, that's that's where you end up uh, hurting yourself or helping yourself. Uh, two and one are going to be pretty self-explanatory. You got strays and techs. Same. Techs we talked about plenty, so we can probably just say he has the most points for and uh, is dominating. And Strazik, even with Kamara, uh, not Kamara, McCaffrey down for a little bit, he's still able to put that up. So. Yeah, the guy's, the guy's a winner, too. Yeah, him and I were both on the outside looking in last year, but Jarek McKinnon's trying to hold him afloat right now, which is funny. Funny to say. It's been uh, a long time coming for that man. <laughs> Another, hey, he's one of my metrics guys. He's a guy I love. <laughs> all right, that's all I have for you today. Anything else you want to add before we uh, let go? I mean, I think, yeah, I think we kind of summed everything up pretty well. Uh, we had a great guest today in Jake Texera. Um, and hopefully, like we mentioned, those floodgates should be pretty open at yeah. this point for those trades. So so go at it, guys. Let's keep first, the trades first domino has fallen. Yeah, thank you, Tex, for joining us. And uh, if anybody else wants to join in next week, uh, let us know. If you toss a little Venmo, maybe you'll move up in the priority. <laughs> it's going to happen or won't happen, but – can't hurt right absolutely all right travis take care of yourself thank you very much i'll talk to you next week